Welcome to African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement, your source for news and commentary from a cultural and right of center perspective. African American Conservatives. Welcome to African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. I'm your host, Marie Strotter, reminding you to go to acons.substack.com. There you will find all of our links to our social media presence, links to this podcast where you can subscribe and support this uh, show, and also find all of our commentary. So without further ado, our guest this week is Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. He is a combat veteran of the United States Army, where he served in uniform for 22 years. He was a member of the 112th Congress, serving as a representative from Florida. Further, he served as the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas and is currently the executive director of the American Constitutional Rights Union, the author of three books, and host of the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. Welcome back to the show. Good to be with you, Marie, and thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Unsurprisingly, the world is still buzzing over the October 7th terrorist attack on Israel. What may be surprising, however, is that much of the buzz is pro-Hamas, anti-Israel, and anti-Semitic, even as Hamas holds 230 Israelis and Americans hostage, including roughly 30 children. We see pro-Hamas demonstrations and threats against Jews across the United States and Europe. Are you surprised to see this level of hatred towards Israel and towards Jews from the United States coming, uh, ranging from prominent figures in academia and the media to the highest levels of our government? Uh, no, I'm not surprised because we have allowed this anti-Semitism and this pro-Islamic terrorism uh, cancer to fester in our country for quite some time. We have been very reticent and recalcitrant to deal with it and call it out for what it is. But when we think about, <coughs> excuse me, when we think about the fact that, as you just articulated, 30 Americans were killed by Hamas in this attack on yes. October the 7th. Uh, countless amounts of Americans are being held hostage. And we even have Palestinian, quote unquote, Americans that are not being allowed to come out of the Gaza Strip. But yet we have people that are taken to the streets uh, in support of a designated Islamic terrorist organization, uh, Hamas, that says in their charter, they exist for the elimination of the Jewish state and also the elimination of all Jews. So basically, we have people across the United States of America to include members of Congress and, as you said, leaders in academia and what have you, that it, they are supporting uh, anti-Americanism, anti-Semitism. They are supporting a terrorist organization. So what happens when all of a sudden a terrorist attack from an Islamic terrorist group happens in the United States of America, which Christopher Wray has uh, threatened, you know, said is a, is a high and intense threat which we know the Iranian foreign minister came to the United Nations uh, just last week or so and said that Iran would strike against the United States of America, even our homeland. Uh, what are we going to do with these individuals that are aiding and abetting a terrorist organization and providing material support and comfort to them, which are violations of United States law, statute and code? So we have a very serious problem that Joe Biden has not come out and uh, made a very assertive statement against 
and we continue to see it grow to the point where Jewish students are locking themselves in facilities and dorm rooms and things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, recently in my old home state of California, there was a professor that called out Jewish students and told them they had to stand in the corner. Yeah, well, this is how absurd it's gotten. Or, you know, thank God they finally tracked down the student that uh, made the post there at Cornell University saying that uh, Jewish students should have their throat slit to, to follow them. But that's just one in a sea of many. Uh, and when you look at these protests that are, that are happening and some of the things that are being chanted, uh, you look at an organization like Black Lives Matter now lying itself firmly and publicly with a, an Islamic terrorist organization. Where's the condemnation of these uh, groups? And I find it so interesting that, you know, parents can, who want to see better education of their children and not indoctrination, they are at threat of being labeled domestic terrorists. Moms for action or moms for liberty. Liberty. Rather. Yeah. yeah. They are being told that they're a subversive terrorist organization. Or we have the FBI that is infiltrating the Catholic Church and the FBI is conducting raids against pro-life, uh, you know, people that, that believe in the, the number one inalienable right that we have is life. But yet the FBI director is sitting there telling us that we're at a heightened sense for a terrorist threat? Well, maybe it's because they've been <laughs> going out there and ideologically going after the enemies of this quote unquote administration and not really looking at the enemies. And then you have Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, who along with Joe Biden, they've allowed millions to come into this country illegally. Many of them, we don't know where they are, who they are. So we are allowing and aiding and abetting and establishing what happened in October the 7th in Israel to happen here. Well, let's touch a little bit on that. According to the New York Post, quote, far left billionaire kingmaker George Soros has funneled more than $15 million since 2016 to groups behind this month's pro-Palestinian protests where demonstrators openly cheered Hamas militants craven terrorist attacks on Israel, end quote. Are these pro-Hamas demonstrations largely astroturfed or funded by outside groups, in your opinion? Well, they, they're not astroturfed. They are genuine, they are real, but they also have the funding of the progressive socialist left who finds themselves very happy to align with the Islamic jihadists. I mean, this, like I said, this anti-Americanism and anti-Semitism uh, is an unholy allowance, alliance between the left and these jihadists. But it does not surprise me that a person during World War II who was a Nazi collaborator, and that's George Soros, would still be out there doing the exact same thing that he did some 80 uh, you know, odd years ago here in the United States of America. So where are we going and freezing his accounts? Where are we going and saying to these people that, you know, <coughs> we're going to investigate you? Or if you are here and you're not an American citizen and you are out on the streets uh, aligning yourself with the terrorist organization, where's your deportation? You know, something that is interesting, and I, and I just thought about in preparation for our talk today, was Ashley Babbitt, the, the only person that was, you know, killed on January the 6th, and then you also had the uh, the Israeli uh, tattoo artist, a young woman, 23 years of age. I think her name was Shani Lauf, L-A-U-F or L-A-U-K, Lauf. But she was found, you know, beheaded. And of course, we had the video of her being naked and, and dragged through the streets of, uh, of yeah. Gaza and, and beaten. And now we know she was beheaded. You don't hear any outrage from from the left. 
you know, where, where are these women's groups that yeah. are, that are out there talking about women's rights? You know, we had young women that were, were raped. And in the case of this young Israeli woman, she was at a peace and love music festival in the Negev desert. And these guys paraglide in and rape them, kill them indiscriminately. And, and of course she ends up being beheaded. Where, where are all these feminist groups? So what I want people to understand is that the left doesn't give a doggone. If you are a woman that does not align yourself with their ideological agenda, you're not a woman. As Joe Biden said, you, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. So we've got these, you know, faux black groups like a Black Lives Matter, which is just a Marxist organization funded also by George Soros, that are aligning themselves with Islamic terrorists now. And so I, this is why elections have consequences, because this administration has allowed all of this to happen. <laughs> Well, you know, you're right. To your point, don't you remember uh, the whole Me Too movement mm. and Believe Women and Christine Blasey Ford when she got up there uh, yeah. and talking about uh, uh, now Justice Kavanaugh? Uh, we have to believe women. You're absolutely right. Where are those handmaids now in their red dresses while these women are being beheaded? Well, you, you can only believe the women that align with your cause. And I'm your sorry. stance right. and your ideology, right. you know, any other woman, Nikki Haley's not really a woman. Right. Uh, you know, you're not really a woman. You're no. not. A, you're not. I'm not black, a black. You're not a woman. That woman, yeah. I know. What am Absolutely. I? Absolutely. So you're you're <laughs> you're the enemy to them, uh, yeah. and, and that's what we have to come to understand. And I tell you, woe be to the Biden administration if there is a terrorist attack in this country and Americans lose their lives because of the policy, the open border policies, the weakness they've shown on the international stage, their lack of a firm response and shutting down this pro-Hamas, pro-Islamic terrorist uh, uh, protests that are happening. I mean, look how they shut down a Brooklyn Bridge in New York City. Yeah. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. And the flags that they are flying and carrying in these marches, that's a terrorist flag. And, yes. and that's what Joe Biden should declare it as. But all we've got is silence. And didn't that happen once before where uh, protesters blocked a bridge or blocked roads and emergency vehicles couldn't get through? I mean, why haven't we seen any laws about that enacted mm -hmm. since then? You know, I mean, that's. Well, that's... it wouldn't it would not apply, you know, as long as you're out there shutting down bridges because of Black Lives Matter, shutting down bridges because of climate change, which is another one of the religious tenets of the progressive yes. socialist left. Uh, they don't care. So there is an incredible divide that is happening. And you're even seeing it play out, Marie, in the Democrat Party, because yeah. there are a lot of Jewish members of the House and the Senate. Uh, they're starting to look and say, you want me to die. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You want people like me to die. And when you see Cory Bush or Ilhan Omar oh, or Rashida Tlaib or uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Jamal Bowman, all of these people that stand up and being on the wrong side of this issue, uh, there are going to be consequences for this. And, and it's interesting that one of the debates that is out there right now is how Joe Biden could lose support from Arab Americans. Well, I don't want their support. If they're standing up, you know, and, and, and rallying to the cause of a terrorist group that just killed 30 Americans, to hell with your support. But that's not what you're going to hear. They're trying to play it very simple, very easy. Uh, you know, we, we stand with Israel, but 
you know, you guys need to let in humanitarian aid. Uh, we stand with Israel, or you heard John Kirby come out and say, you know, uh, the, the civilian lives in, in Palestine need to be respected and regarded. What about the 1,400, you know, civilian lives in Israel? What about the babies that were beheaded and put in ovens, burned alive? All, I mean, this is this is sick stuff. So anyone that can align themselves with, with this is they're not just evil. They are an enemy of humanity. And, you know, we talked about this the last time you were here. It's it's shocking to me, um, but it shouldn't be because if you don't respect life in the womb all the way up to birth yeah. and after, why would you care that babies were in cages or beheaded or anything no. like that? The rest of the world, our sensibilities are offended. But a group that would do that um, and, and no one bats an eye. And they still have, like you said, these terrorist flags and and these uh, demonstrations in support of an organization that would do something like that. Well, that's why I was so proud of the Israeli ambassador to the United Nations when he stood up and said, you know, with what is happening, we're putting on the yellow star that was once put on, on us, you know, the Juden star from Nazi Germany, because history is repeating itself. When we said never again, we're allowing it to happen. So I think that that is a stark reminder. And it is a great way to say that Hamas, Islamic Jihad, Hezbollah, Iran, they're the new Nazis uh, of this period. And therefore, anyone that is aligning themselves against them, they're the real Nazis. You know, not you and I, because we believe in constitutional conservatism. We're not the ones out there being fascist and beating people and trying to shut them down because they have uh, an opinion uh, that is different from ours. No, uh, we now see fully and truthfully who the progressive socialists left in the United States of America to include all across the world. When you look at uh, Australia, where they're saying gas to Jews, when you look in Dagestan, one of the uh, provinces or, uh, of the uh, Russian Federation, where they were rushing an, an airplane to try to pull Jews off so that they could you know, lynch them, hang them. This is what's happening all across the, the world. So the leftists, the Marxists, the socialists, the communists, they're showing us that they are the real authoritarians, they are the real totalitarians, and they have locked arms with Islamic jihadists. The Biden administration is calling for a proportionate response to 10-7. Should the United States seek any constraints on Israel's response to the terrorist attack? No. And, and I don't understand what a proportionate response is. Yeah. So if if you come over and you behead 10 Israeli babies, do you then go over and behead 10 uh, babies in Gaza? I mean, I, I don't understand what proportionate response is. The proportionate response, the only response is that you find Hamas, a terrorist organization that has in, the, in its charter, the elimination of the Jewish state and the elimination of the Jewish people, and you destroy it. You, it, you know, it's kind of like uh, in, in the movie Tombstone, when Wyatt Earp said that when I see a man wearing a red sash, I kill him. Well, that's it. When you see a person that says they're an Islamic terrorist, a jihadist, Hamas, Islamic jihad, Hezbollah, I really don't care. ISIS, Al-Qaeda, you kill them. And that is the only way, that is the only message that they will get and they will understand. And, and I don't under, you know, I don't believe in this. Well, you can't kill your way out of it. Yeah, you can, because that's the reality of your enemy. They want to kill you. So it is the, the time for talk, the time for compromise, the time for finding some middle ground or whatever you want to call it. That's gone. 
You know, in 2005, Israel left Gaza. What has happened over the past 18 years that led up to what we saw happen on October the 7th of 2023? This was a deliberate attack. And again, if, if you're attacking soldiers, I got it. But when you go in and you're attacking elderly people, when you're attacking and butchering and murdering families and babies and, and raping women at a music festival, this is, this is not you know just run-of-the-mill war. And it's not protected by the international rule of law. What, what Hamas did is the complete violation of the international rule of law when it comes to warfare. Uh, and they are not protected by the Geneva Convention. So, no, the only response is if you are a member of Hamas, you have to die. If we can imagine the unimaginable for a moment, what do you foresee as consequences for the United States should these protesters achieve their goal of a Palestine from river to sea and the elimination of Israel? You just rewarded them. You just told them that their means, uh, which they say by any means necessary, which means violence, uh, murdering of innocent civilians, you're just letting them know that you can achieve your objectives. Uh, and that's what they're saying. From the, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Well, first of all, it's pretty stupid because the word Palestine, is, as we have talked about here, it has nothing to do with Arab Muslims. It has everything to do with Roman Emperor Hadrian suppressing the uh, Simon Bar Kokhba revolt. It was a punishment to the Jewish people. That's how that word got introduced into the region. We don't call it the Levant, which is another uh, you know, word that was used to describe that, uh, that region. We don't talk about Labatinians. So the other side has no basis of argument whatsoever. The only thing they want to do, which is exactly what Roman Hadrian wanted, Emperor Hadrian, what Adolf Hitler, what the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, what Yasser Arafat, all the way up to today, they do not want the existence of the Jewish people, and they do not want the existence of a Jewish state. So this is all about the simple question. The, do the Jewish people in the Jewish state deserve to exist? The answer is yes. And so what do you do when you're faced with an enemy that wants to annihilate you? You kill them. I, I, I don't know how more simple we can, we can make this. And that's not me being nasty or mean or whatever. This is me recognizing who the enemy is and what their goals and objectives are. And I'm not saying that everyone that lives there in Gaza is, uh, is a terrorist, but somehow they have accepted terrorism and they have allowed it to thrive in their communities. You know, I got a pretty big backyard up here, and you see my backyard, Marie. Yes. You visited my home. If I allowed a, a rocket launcher to come into my backyard and, and fire against, you know, you know the, the neighboring county or, or whatever you want to call it, you know, I'm culpable. I allowed that rocket launcher to, to come onto my property. So these people know exactly who Hamas is and what they're doing, how they're using civilians as human shields, how they're using hospitals and other facilities to mask what they're doing. We have poured millions and billions of dollars into Gaza and into the Palestinian Authority, better known as Fatah. And what have we gotten in return? We've gotten tunnels. We've gotten more attacks. We've gotten them purchasing rockets and missiles. And even Tony Blinken said in a, in a testimony hearing that, he can't guarantee 100% that whatever humanitarian aid you send won't end up in the hands of Hamas. Well, I will tell you, it will all end up in the hands of Hamas because that's the governing authority in Gaza.
We are seeing attacks against Israel launched by Hezbollah in Lebanon, by the Houthis in Yemen, and others. How concerned are you that the conflict will expand beyond Israel and Hamas? Well, the conflict has already expanded. Uh, this is being orchestrated by Iran. And again, how stupid are we, <coughs> excuse me, how stupid are we that we granted a visa to the foreign minister of Iran to come over here and threaten the United States of America on our soil at the United Nations? It has already expanded. And uh, when you go into Gaza, there have been plenty of reports that there are weapons and uh, armaments that have uh, Russia, China, North Korea, and definitely Iran as places of origin. Uh, some of the weaponry that we left of the $82 billion in Afghanistan has found its way into Gaza Strip. So this thing has already expanded. So what we need to do is to isolate the Gaza Strip so that Israel can do what is necessary. And, and again, Hezbollah has the blood of Americans on their hands from 40 years ago when they killed 254 Marines, soldiers and sailors in, yeah. in Beirut. Uh, the Houthi rebels, no, no different. And these are all actors of Iran. So there needs to be means by which economically we can isolate them. We should not uh, be allowing the, the coffers, uh, the oil revenue coffers of Iran to be so greatly enriched that they're able to support this. But again, it comes back to this administration that puts their boot heel on our oil and gas industry, but they allow Iran or Venezuela another socialist dictatorship to uh, to sell their oil freely out there and to enrich themselves and therefore enrich those Islamic terrorists and jihadists and our enemies. You just mentioned uh, something that I was uh, about to get to because this thing that the uh, Iranian foreign minister said uh, is just absolutely mind-blowing to me that anyone could come on our soil and make a threat in such a way. Um, here's the quote. I say, frankly, to the American statesmen who are now managing the genocide in Palestine, that we do not welcome an expansion of the war in the region. But if the genocide in Gaza continues, they will not be spared from this fire, end quote. Is that not a direct threat? Of course, it's a direct threat. And it's a direct threat from a person that's listed on a terrorist watch list. So why would our government grant him a visa to, to come into the United States of America and do exactly that other than to arrest him and charge him with acts of terrorism? But, you know, Iran has already expanded this. They're the ones that are supporting us. They're the ones that helped in the planning, the resourcing, and definitely gave them the green light to go ahead and do this. So, you know, that's the actions that people see in the Middle East that we will allow that to happen in the same week. Now, remember what the quote that you just read came at the end of the week, when at the beginning of the week, we remember 40 years ago, Hezbollah sponsored by Iran, killing 254 American Marines, soldiers and sailors. So in the same week, you know, Iran can claim that 40 years ago, we killed you. And now we're coming up to your shores today to say that we'll, we'll, we'll kill you even more so if you uh, continue to allow Israel the right to exist and to respond to a terrorist organization that we sponsor. 
Now, we're also seeing reports that major Chinese companies like Alibaba are removing Israel from their digital maps. Should this raise concerns that China is advocating for the end of Israel? Well, of course they are. I just said that, you know, you've got weaponry and resources from China that are showing up there in Gaza uh, as well. We know that on TikTok, which is a Chinese communist platform, yeah. uh, you're seeing a lot of anti-Israeli rhetoric there in the billions, uh, as opposed to you know other places where you see very little uh, pro-Israeli stances. So the Chinese are fomenting this. They they are encouraging this, and this is part of their their idea of global dominance. There's an unholy alliance that is being brought together by this new axis of evil, which is China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, Islamic jihadists, and also transnational narco-criminal terrorists who have operational control of our border. Uh, and, and what do we have? We have a very flippant, uh, absent president, and we have a cackling hyena for a vice president. That's what they see. I mean, didn't we just raise the the wire, the the raised wire? Didn't we just see them lift it up so that people yes. could come through? Yes, that's yeah. the federal that's the federal government who is in violation of the Constitution. We now have a federal judge that says that uh, they cannot do that any longer. Do you think they're going to stop? No. <laughs> so they are basically, like I said, setting us up for an October the seventh. Now. Have the Biden administration policies towards Iran, especially the agreeing to pay Iran $6 billion ransom for the release of five American hostages, fueled the Hamas attack against Israel? Yes, because, again, it's a sign of weakness. And not just that, but when you ease back on the sanctions on Iran, when you continue to try to pursue Iran like you're some desperate boy looking for a, a prom date, uh, with this Iranian nuclear agreement that they're trying to reinvigorate, what you're showing to Iran is you don't have any backbone. You don't have any strength. You don't believe in Ronald Reagan's peace through strength mantra. So, yes, I mean, there was a point in time not too long ago that Iran was, was struggling. Uh, Hezbollah and Hamas and all these other organizations were, as I tell people, they're having bake sales and, and lemonade stands to try to raise money. But when you, you know, don't enforce the uh, oil sanctions, the energy sanctions against Iran, next thing you know, they get hundreds of billions of dollars into their coffers. What do you think they're going to do with it? They're not going to improve the roads in Tehran. They're not <laughs> going to improve the, you know, the welfare status of the Iranian citizen. No, they're going to fund their proxies uh, to, like, like I said, the Houthis, Hamas, Hezbollah, Islamic Jihad, and to a great extent, Fatah, who masquerades around as the Palestinian Authority. So we've got serious issues here, and we got the wrong people, uh, you know, in charge of the uh, in, in charge of the ship in Washington D.C. And you know, we're not really good with our bargaining chips. I mean, don't you remember the whole Gitmo fiasco where we mm. released the five Taliban guys, and what did they do? I mean, I don't even know that the the plane had refueled and left the country by the time yeah. that they were back in business. And and where did they go? They went to Qatar. Yeah. which is the exact same place where you have the Hamas leadership living as well in Qatar. So Qatar is not a friend of ours. You know, if I'm sitting up there as a, the secretary of defense or as a president of the United States of America, we shut down that base. 
and Cutter, Ali Udi, and we, you know, we absolutely turn around and destroy every bit of that facility so it cannot be used by anybody else uh, because Cutter is playing both sides. And, and really, they're playing the side of the support to the Islamic terrorists more than anything else. They're trying to appease us, uh, and they probably truthfully see us as stupid. <laughs> In a recent video, you quote former Israeli Prime Minister Golda Meir as saying, quote, if the Palestinians lay down their weapons, there will be there will be peace. If the Israelis lay down their weapons, there will be a massacre, end mm -hmm. quote. Are these words as true now as when she spoke them 50 years ago? Absolutely so. And I think we saw that. Uh, when those Islamic terrorists of Hamas came across the border, they were looking to kill people who couldn't defend themselves. Uh, and oh, by the way, that's why we had a Second Amendment here in the United States of America. Uh, and I think that Israel has now saw that they should not have the restrictions on their citizens being able to <laughs> privately defend themselves and own weapons uh, because only two to three percent of Israelis uh, had their own you know, personal weapon. So uh, I think that they have learned a very, very horrific lesson. Uh, they lost operational control of their border. For whatever reason, they were caught blindsided. Their military was not in a position to uh, thwart this enemy. Uh, and that will definitely never happen again. But again, think about this. If Israel were to say right now, hey, look, we're disbanding the IDF. We're not going to ever have an air force. We're not going to have an army. You know, we'll have a police, but we'll we'll follow the mantra of the British and they'll just walk around with a billy stick uh, and, and a radio. What do you think is going to happen within the next 48 hours? So you hear all this talk about stop the genocide in Gaza. There's no genocide in Gaza. This is a response to a terrorist attack that was launched out of the Gaza Strip. And a sovereign nation has every right to protect its citizens and to ensure that what happened on October 7th does not happen again. That's absolutely right. Now, one of the loudest demands being made by uh, being made of Israel is that they retaliate only against Hamas without inflicting harm against the innocent people of Gaza. Would you explain how difficult it is to do this when fighting an enemy that does not wear a uniform? Yeah, we call them non-state, non-uniform belligerents on the battlefield. And that's why the Geneva Convention said that they're not entitled to any rights. And when you find a person like that on the battlefield, they should be uh, summarily uh, executed because what they have done is they have put civilians in harm and in danger. And one of the worst scenarios you can be in is an urban uh, area, an urban center, where you do have that mixture of civilians and the enemy. You know, you, you got to go house to house. Is it booby trapped? Are there kids inside? You've got to be paying attention to the rooftops for snipers. You have to be paying attention to IEDs and provides explosive devices. And the most deadly, the explosive force penetrators, uh, which maimed and killed many uh, Americans in Iraq, they come from Iran. So those are the things that you are facing. So where the, is the condemnation of Hamas, who is, is, is seeking to blend in with civilians, because what Hamas wants, they want their own people to die. They want their own people to die as part of some propaganda, uh, you know, advantage and tool. And where are the people, these civilians in in uh, in Gaza, who will say, you know, we don't want this? I have never seen a video. I have never seen anything 
from anyone in, in Gaza or, or, or Lebanon condemning Hezbollah or Hamas, saying that we don't want our hospitals to be used or, or mosques to be used or, you know, or, or uh, these tunnels. We don't want these. We don't want people coming up in our backyards and next to our apartment buildings and firing off missiles and rockets. I, I, I to this day, I've never seen that. Maybe someone else has. So I think that there has been an acceptance by people in Gaza that they are willing to be the human shields for this terrorist organization. They're willing to be used as as props, and they're willing to lose their lives so that they can further the goals and objectives of Hamas, which are, again, let me repeat, to eliminate the Jewish state and therefore eliminate the Jewish people. Now, recently, one of uh, the Florida congressmen uh, warned that China is working with Cuba to infiltrate the United States, Mm -hmm. a warning he made after 17 Chinese nationals were caught trying to illegally migrate into our country through the Florida Keys. What are your thoughts on this possible Chinese invasion? Look, this has been going on for quite some time. I I, I was talking about this a decade or so ago when I was in Congress. Yes, you were. You know, how China is coming into our, our hemisphere. Uh, you know, my wife is Jamaican and China built a port facility down there in Jamaica. China is in the Bahamas. And you can talk to many of the law enforcement uh, agencies there in Palm Beach and Broward counties and even up uh, to Stewart, Florida and Martin County. There are routinely, uh, you know, boats and things that are coming across from the Bahamas. That's only 50 miles. Let let me remind you. I mean, it's kind of like driving from Dallas Dallas over to Fort Worth. 50 miles separates the coastline of Florida and the Bahamas. Uh, You're getting Chinese civilians that are coming onto our shores illegally. Uh, and of course, we know very well there are countless tens of thousands of single military aged Chinese that are males that are coming into the United States of America illegally. You talk to and read the reports of Michael Yan, and he will tell you how they're finding their ways into the jungle. And let me be very clear single military aged males just don't leave China and wind up in the jungles in Panama, okay? This is with $30,000 on them. This is quite uh, an intentional invasion. So, again, we have an administration that is aiding and abetting all of this to happen. Well, and not just Texas. I mean, not just Florida, but Texas also. The Chinese are buying up large swaths of land. I don't think a lot of people maybe outside of Texas don't uh, know that because, you know, our media is not, you know, reporting any of that. But near Air Force bases. Yeah, Shepherd Air, Air Force, Force bases. Base. Yeah, Get Shepherd Laughlin. Air Force Base. And, and, and down in uh, yeah, Laughlin Air Force. I'm sorry, Shepherd is up in Wichita Falls. Down uh, by Del Rio. Yes. Uh, and, and so we have to be concerned about it. But the real thing we should be concerned about, Marie, is that in the last legislative session, uh, State Senator Lois Colcourse here in Texas had a bill that would you know, restrain foreign entities like China from buying up land here in the state of Texas, and it failed. Yes, it did. I I mean, here in the state of Texas, yeah, it's beyond shocking. So that just lets you know that not only are we physically being infiltrated, uh, we're financially and politically being infiltrated as well. That's right. You wrote, quote, at one point, one loses their First Amendment rights. And that that line has been crossed. When you are openly 
aligning yourself with terrorists and supporting their efforts, you are aiding and abetting terrorism, end quote. As a nation with a foundational belief in free, in free speech, how do you reconcile that with the argument many on the right make that Americans should not be allowed to express pro-Hamas views? What penalties, if any, should everyday Americans who do face? I'm not talking about the congressman. I think that's a whole other can of worms that we need to address because they should not hold those views. I agree with you because I've seen your writings on this, but what do you think? Well, well the members of Congress should be censured. Uh, yes. They should lose, they should lose their committee uh, memberships and positions uh, and they should not be allowed to get any type of intelligence briefings. Uh, if they still, you know, want their representative of their constituency, it's up to the constituency to vote them out but they should have no privileges whatsoever being up there in the, uh, in the house of Senate. I, I would not even allow them to have an office because the American taxpayers should, to, should not want to fund people that are aligning themselves with the terrorist organization. Now, when you look at what is happening on our streets, there's two types of people that we have to, to deal with. It is statute law and code that you cannot provide material support and comfort to a terrorist organization. And that's what Hamas is. It's a terrorist organization that just killed Americans. So we don't need to equivocate about this. If you're an American, uh, there should be charges brought against you and you should be tried and you should be summarily imprisoned if you're found guilty of providing uh, material support and comfort to the enemy, aiding and abetting terrorism. If you are not an American and you are out there on the streets providing support to Hamas, an Islamic terrorist organization, you should be deported. Uh, very simple. Uh, and, and I don't see any other way to deal with this. Th this is not about you having a difference of opinion. This is about you being out there and supporting an organization that just killed Americans. And if we cannot make that point very clear, uh, it, like I said, uh, it's very funny to me that, you know, people are sitting up there in Washington, D.C. in the gulag, but yet we're allowing people to come up on Capitol Hill and occupy a house uh, office building. And uh, some of them did physically attack Capitol Hill police. What happens to them? So, uh, you know, I, I, I agree on either side. If you're a threat to the foundations of this constitutional republic, there should be ramifications thereof. But the left only sees it one way. Well, and I wasn't going to bring this up, but, you know, the more that I thought about this, Alan, it just makes me kind of crazy is, you know, what happened with you in your military career? You were able to extract some information that saved American lives. You are a hero. And yet we've got people up in Capitol Hill who, as you said, have offices and we are talking about reelecting them and uh, allowing them a microphone to scream, what is wrong with you, to our president. Uh, you know, I don't agree with him, but I respect the office. And, you know, and yet a decorated military hero gets crap for saving lives. Well, look, I don't you understand know, it. But look, you know, I, th this ain't about me. And, and my life has gone on and, and I've done very well. And, you know, I take full responsibility for the actions that I took to protect my men in the combat zone. Uh, because I don't want to see my man being beheaded. I don't want to see my man being slaughtered. Uh, and that's the type of commitment that you should have as a leader, uh, to include the leader that you have as commander in chief of the United States. Military. I would never check my watch during a ramp ceremony for, you know, fallen men or women 
who have returned from a, a combat zone based upon the, the failures of my own decision. So there's something that needs to happen here in the United States of America. Uh, and the window is closing. And that's why you're going to see a lot of these actions taking place in this last uh, year of the Biden administration, because they believe that this is the window of opportunity to do something against an administration that's aiding and abetting them. That will allow what we see happening on our streets, will allow our borders to be overrun, will allow for the lack of readiness for our United States military and complete focus, not on what they're supposed to be doing and protecting and defending us, but on cultural Marxism, gender dysphoria, all this other foolishness and silliness. So uh, I'm very concerned about what could happen in, in this next year before maybe, just maybe, the American people pull their head out of the fourth point of contact and uh, you know make the right decisions as far as who's going to be in the Oval Office. Let me ask you one last question. You recently uh, published a suggested reading list, and on it was a book that many may not be familiar with, On War by General Karl von Clausewitz. Mm -hmm. What about it impressed you? Uh, because what von Clausewitz, who was Austrian, uh, he was captured by the French, and he really studied and, and tried to understand it wasn't just the French army. It was the French people. It was, it was everything about how they were able to get behind their military and wage a, a total you know, war. And so he looked at that strategic, the operational and the tactical levels of warfare uh, and brought those things all together. And so that's why I think that people need to study and understand these things. You don't always have to seek first and foremost to go out and, and, tr and pull a trigger. Uh, there's diplomatic efforts, there's informational efforts, there's economic efforts. But when those uh, previous mentioned efforts failed, then you have to have a credible deterrent force that can go out there with the will of the people behind it, with the will of the government behind it, and the will of the soldier on the battlefield uh, to be able to go out and achieve victory. We're lacking in, in those places now in the United States of America. And that's why we see uh, our enemies emboldened. If you're just joining us, our guest for this segment has been our good friend, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Alan, tell us where our listeners can continue to follow your work and find you online. Well, you can find me on Substack, all the things that I write and all the videos that are there, our podcasts, Steadfast and Loyal, YouTube and Rumble, uh, all the social media platforms except uh, the, the Tiki Taki because we don't support the Communist Chinese Party, nor will we support any platform that is giving a voice to uh, Islamic terrorists and terrorist groups such as Hamas. So uh, that's where you can find me. And as always, every month, you can find me right here on African-American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. I love you. Thank you so much for being our guest today. My pleasure. God bless and keep you, Marie. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, there you have it. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on African-American conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. He makes a good substitute host. Maybe if I go on vacation, we'll have Alan come in and, and host the show. But we do have another host to our show, and that is the man of the hour, DK. Come on in, DK. What'd you think of that? Uh, I can't wait for that vacation. <laughs> you never get a vacation for me. You never get a vacation for me. I know. Our, our audience doesn't know it, but you know, you and I talk on the phone, I don't know, a billion times a day. And then we're texting all throughout the day. And then we play a couple of video games together. <laughs>
So, yeah, I think you need a vacation from me. No, no I'm just kidding. Alan West is great, but he can never moderate the show as well. As, uh, oh, well, I'll yeah. Take okay. I'll take what do you want? What do you want a favor, right? You need to I'll borrow take over Alan West any day of the week. <laughs> so what's but on he, your mind today? He's, um, he does make a, a lot of great points. And the, the problem with Alan West is that um, he and I are so like-minded that everything I plan on saying, he says, you know, is I'm not saying I'm as smart or as well informed as he is, but we we do tend to agree on almost every point. Um, case in point, what he said about the Democratic Party being divided now, and it's interesting. I saw a, a story yesterday about these liberals. You know, they they going about their lives thinking they're in the, the great progressive causes. You know, they out there protesting. Uh, uh, Donald Trump put Trump in prison. Uh, they, they're supporting abortion up to the moment of birth. They, they're doing all the great progressive causes. And the next thing they know, the people they're standing shoulder to shoulder with are starting to chant, gas the Jews. And they're going, what, 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 did, I, what did I sign up with? What's, what's going on? So there's a lot of stories like that recently about, you know, they call it the great betrayal of the, of the left, the Jewish left. Um, and it's starting to find out just how anti-Semitic the, the progressive movement can be. And it's been around for a while. I remember um, when Obama came into office, he had this uh, Reverend, uh, Reverend Wright. Supposedly, he went to Reverend Wright's church every Sunday for like two decades. Yes. And he realized that Reverend Wright was anti-Semitic. He just, he just never heard it. And, you know. <laughs> And, you know, Reverend Wright is out there on the new, um, was, was the interview, I don't know, sometime after Obama got elected and they asked him, can he still speak with Obama? And he said, oh, Obama would, them Jews would never let me speak to Obama. It's like, so Obama, you didn't realize your Reverend that you went to every weekend for so long was like this? And... And it's not just Reverend Wright. The, the left is, has a problem with anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. How many people, especially in the Black progressive movement, who have embraced Louis Farrakhan, you know, called Judaism a gutter religion. And mm -hmm. um, even the current Speaker of the House, uh, what's his name, Hakeem Jeffries, he apparently has a, a uncle who's a relative. He's a minor. He's not the Speaker of the House. Oh, He's sorry. the minor. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. We got we got Mike Johnson in there, so we got to... <laughs> yeah, finally. Yes, yes. That that drama happens so he's long. The, he's that the movie. whip, is it? It that's what uh, they call him, I guess. The whip, I don't yeah, minority uh, whip, minority leader. Uh, yeah. yeah, that drama happens so long, so long to get out. Uh, so last week, yeah, <laughs> I got mixed up. Anyway, Jeffrey's apparently comes has an uncle who's a famous academic and also famous anti-Semite, and plus you have. Talib and Omar, you know, nothing but the Benjamins, baby. And it just goes on and on. And then suddenly, uh, at the, the reaction to 10-7, we're finally starting to realize just how anti-Semitic the, the, the American left is. But anyway, I wanted to talk about um, something else Alan West hit upon, which is the consequences of what would happen if all these people out there protesting, you know, from the river to the sea, Palestine would be free if they managed to somehow win. And 
eradicate Israel as a, a state, you know, send the, the Jews to live there, you know, have them scattered throughout the U.S. and Europe. Um, and what what's, what would be the consequences of Hamas actually achieve that kind of victory? And who would benefit? And, and I don't know who would benefit besides Iran and people of that ilk. I mean, the region won't benefit because because what we consider to be Israel today, if Israel was to collapse, it would all become a, an Iranian proxy uh, or satellite state or perhaps uh, an extension of the Iranian caliphate. And there are a lot of nations in that region who definitely do not want that. I'll, I'll show you a headline of a one nation. This is um, Saudi Arabia. This is from, um, I think, yesterday's or today's uh, paper. Saudi, Saudi forces on alert at the clash with Iran-backed Houthis. Forced Saudi soldiers died as Israel-Hamas war stirs the Houthis. So apparently, this one of the terrorist groups that Iran is backing is not only attacking Israel, it's also attacking so just inside Saudi Arabia. So even though Saudi Arabia is supposedly having warming relations with um, with uh, Iran as of late, I can't imagine they would be happy with uh, the a nation of Palestine so closely aligned with uh, Iran. So it won't benefit the won't benefit them. Uh, uh, a nation of Palestine would not benefit the United States because, as I said, it would be ruled by Hamas, who are backed by Iran, and Iran is probably our most militant, violent enemy in the world. It is the enemy. That's probably China, but uh, I think Iran kills more Americans than any nation on Earth, and it, and that's, that's been true for decades. So it, it would not benefit us. It would not benefit the region and would not even benefit the people of Gaza, who supposedly would be the beneficiaries of having the the little Satan Israel taken off the map. Um, you know, the great oppressors, because for two things, um, the great oppressors of the people of, of Gaza is not Israel. The great oppressors of people of Gaza is Hamas and I have two quick examples of that. For one thing, we hear how Israel supposedly is keeping um, the people of Gaza in poverty, but apparently, you know, they're doing pretty well over in Gaza. If you're a member of Hamas, just like the PLO from a few years ago, you know, the Arafats were all the Arafats were all billionaires. And now you're sending all this aid from into Gaza to supposedly help these poor people that we keep hearing about, how they keep suffering at the hands of uh, those evil Jews. But look who's the beneficiary of all that aid we're sending in. And, um, it's Hamas. They're wealthy. I'll read a few lines of the story. Taxes on smuggled goods, real estate portfolios across the Middle East, banking and cryptocurrencies, just some of the millionaires' assets and mm. revenue streams that's gone to uh, the Hamas terrorist group. 
you know, you know, if you join, if you're a member of Hamas, you're living very well. Um, and a, another example I point to is that we keep hearing about these terror tunnels that go from deep inside Gaza into parts of Israel that allow the the Hamas terrorists to come to go underground, go into um, Israel, and you know, inflict havoc. And people are wondering, or some people are wondering, not enough people are wondering, but some are wondering why, if you can build terror tunnels and you care about the people of Gaza, why can't you build bomb shelters? You know, so the people who aren't Hamas soldiers can have a, a way to protect themselves from this uh, the inevitable bombing of Gaza from Israel that you provoked by yeah. sending by by sending people into a music festival and kills and uh, killing a thousand is, Israelis. So you provoke this violence against Gaza. You don't give the people of Gaza a means to protect themselves. In fact, you use them as human shields. You know, you you bomb from hospitals, you bomb from schools, you bomb from uh, residential areas, so, you know, apartment buildings, office buildings, etc. You you don't have the people of Gaza in mind. And I'll make a, another point. If you allow a government that's been so influenced by Iran to lead a nation, I mean, you, you're going to suffer. And we just saw, uh, I think yesterday, well, we've seen the story off and on for a couple of weeks now. I'll just read the headline again. Just as a preview of what would happen if these people were able to take over Israel. This is the story of Armedi Garavan. She's a teenage girl who apparently wasn't wearing the right head head covering. She was uh, uh, she was snatched by the Iranian uh, morality police. That I think they're called. <laughs> One of the names of them is the morality police, and she for violating the hijab law. Um, she ended up brain dead, and that's not the first time this happened. So that, that's the kind of government we we'll, we would see if Hamas took over uh, Israel. Just shocking, absolutely okay. shocking. And I'll make one last point. Um, this is also related to something Alan West was saying. We we have Russia going into Ukraine. It's taken longer than. They expected, I'm sure, but inevitably they will take over Ukraine as much land as they want from Ukraine. They're poised to threaten Poland and the rest of Eastern Europe. Suddenly, from Iran, we have people, uh, terrorists from um, Hezbollah, we got uh, Hamas, we got the Houthis, they're all backed by Iran and they're all armed by Iran and they're now they're all attacking Israel. So we see more noise from another member of the axis of evil, um, China. And this headline I just saw this morning, I think. China keeps up military pressure on Taiwan, sending 43 planes and seven ships near island. Uh, China has sent another 43 military aircraft and seven ships near the Seferud Island, the latest sign that Beijing plans no let up in its campaign of harassment, threats, and intimidation. So, it's, there is an axis of evil. It's Iran, it's, it's China, and it's Russia. They're working at the same time. They're very well coordinated. The Middle East, you know, um, 
Eastern Europe and now Asia with the China's going into uh, Taiwan. It's, uh, it's all coordinated and unfortunately I'm not optimistic that America has the national character to withstand such a challenge coming mm -hmm. from three points. So yeah. I know I talked a lot, but I just wanted to get some things off my chest. And you did a great job of it too. <laughs> so that's it for another episode of African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. I'm your host, Marie Strotter, signing off from Studio C. And I'm DK. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. You can find us online at acons.substack.com, anchor.fm forward slash AACONS, and also you can support our work at anchor.fm forward slash AACONS forward slash support.